At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Craig Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, and we've got a tremendous show coming up for you as we're going to be tying a bow around everything that we saw in the NFL this week and turning it forward to what figures to be a big week 13 of the NFL season. A little bit in this segment, we've got to put a little bit of a bow around our VEASAN bets giving as well, since I am the last one on today. And well, out of all the, I guess you'd call it true shows. This one actually did finish number one. The handicappers that finished above me, Dave Tooley, Matt humans, a big congratulations to them. We will get to that in a minute, but that said in 15 minutes, we are going to be joined by a pair of great guests as we've got Ben Brown of the pro football focus and You've got Matt Landis. He does great work over there at the Props and Hops podcast. They're going to be joining me. We're going to get some takeaways from them as to what we saw on Monday Night Football all throughout a great week of football in general and turn it forward, see where we can make some money here in week 13 of the NFL season. We're going to be getting a little bit of a West Coast perspective in a bit over an hour. Danielle Avari does terrific work. She actually does a lot of the in-stadium slash in-arena broadcast for UCLA, and she is a big contributor here at VEASAN. She's going to be joining me. We're going to take a look at some Pac-12 basketball. We're also going to be taking a look at the Pac-12 title game on the gridiron as well. So hitting both of those in hour number two and then hour number three, Tanner Kern. He does a great job as a contributor for Forbes, and he does the podcast, he Fave the Public Podcast. He is going to be joining me, and we're going to be taking a look at some NFL plays for this week as well. And, well, the VEASAN bets giving 
extravaganza. It is now over. Matt Humans, a big congratulations to him. He gets the job done. Uh, all of us at the top of the odds board as it was going into the day. Dave Tooley and Matt Humans one and two. Myself and Gil Alexander, three and four. We all took the Colts. I sort of figured that I was going to need one of those guys to take the uh, underdog and I thought it was going to be Dave Tooley. I thought with my perspective, because to give you guys a little bit of what we were all betting on is I took a field goal prop of a plus 125, and you're going to hear me in a second talk about whether or not you should be leaving money on the table, how to just go about this, risk versus reward, what have you, because that's exactly where I was finding myself. I was in this competition about a little bit over $200 behind our leader in Dave Tooley, and those of you guys that know Dave Tooley, just an absolutely tremendous man. He does a great job here at the network tracking every single betting market on the face of planet Earth. This is the first time I've ever seen him take a favorite. I mean, the last time he took a favorite, I think the Red Sea had just been parted three days earlier. I mean, it was absolutely crazy to see that Dave Tooley was on the Colts minus two and a half. And that was part of the perspective. I'm thinking, okay, you got to figure that man, human's probably going to be taking the Colts here. Dave is probably going to be on the Steelers. That means that if I hit my side, that means I have to win my prop, have one of them lose their prop, and then boom, I am golden. Of course, I didn't hit my side, but it turned out to not matter. And you guys remember me talking on the show yesterday. I was thinking, man, there's a few props that are coming to mind. The over three and a half field goals prop was plus 125, or do we want to go for it? At plus 550, the first drive to end in a field goal. That was actually my first look. My first look was at plus 550 prop. I got conservative and I thought, you know what? We don't want to be one of these people are way back in the pack trying to throw darts. And they all came up snake eyes, by the way, which it seems to always happen where you have so many of these props. And there's a reason why they call them long shot props. And that certainly did happen, but it was just all about reading the game. And I did think that it was going to be a little bit of a field goal fest. Of course, prop gets there in the first half, but had I taken the plus 550, I would be right now wearing the nice little belt and said it will be going to our good friend Matt Humans. Very much well deserved. He had the most bets of anyone in this contest. So got to give the credit where the credit is due because he did an incredible job in this contest. But it always leaves the question of when you're just handicapping a game, when you're just handicapping a card in general, when to take the long shots, when to when to play it a little bit more conservative and take what you think is really going to be hitting a little bit more often. And it all comes back to return on investment for me because if you were to play this game out 20 times, I have to sit here and think to myself, how many times would we have more than three and a half field goals made in this game, so four or more, and how many times would the first drive in the game end in a field goal? And in my mind, I thought, you know what, if I were to play this 20 times, I'd probably come out a little bit more profitable taking what was at the time, plus 125 on over three and a half field goals. For those of you guys that checked it, I did check back in the AM after I fired this in. It actually moved to minus 110, so I guess there was some good value on that bet as well because there were a lot of people that agree with me, and it's in the first half. That goes to show how it was able to come through, but I do think that that is always very important to do, and I think it's just always important as well to not be kicking yourself for the losses that you have slash not maybe maximizing on some of those wins that you do have because had I taken the plus 550 and said, you know what, you feel good about yourself, but you also can't be mad that you won a plus 125 as well. It's sort of like 
when you bet an underdog, underdog of like three and a half, four points. Heck, this Steelers game, very good example of it. I'm sure that there are some of you that took a Steelers money line bet at right around plus 120, give or take a few cents there. And there are some of you guys that played it safer. You took the two and a half points. You had that in your back pocket and you were able to find in a lot of spots. The Steelers more around minus 105 in terms of that juice as well. So you were able to cut down on that just a tad. But I always think that that's an important dynamic too. Make sure that you keep things into perspective and do keep tabs when it's like, man, I was going back and forth on this. I could have maybe maximized my profit a little bit more. But at the same time, don't be don't be that guy that also is like, man, you know what? This means I need to go full tilt mode. I've sort of lost money because you still were able to get a winner if you took the Steelers plus two and a half instead of the money line. You do want to be noting when... There are circumstances where you could have maybe made a little bit more, and it's something that you go back on in terms of your future bets, but it shouldn't completely jade you as well. So it's all about finding that balance, in my opinion. And now let's talk about the actual game because that's a little bit of inside baseball. I do think that it is very, very important to keep things into perspective, and I also do think that it's one of those cases as well that every single time you take the money line instead of the points, it lands on, like, in this case, the Colts versus the Steelers, this game would have landed too. It's just the way that it always feels like it works out. But, I mean, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, they get the job done against the Indianapolis Colts by a count of 24 to 17. And it's a pair of teams that are not going to be making the playoffs. And it's just very, very strange to take a look at this whole ordeal. And the big question becomes, can either of these teams play spoiler? Because... You take a look at the Steelers' upcoming schedule, I'll tell you something that I'm sure that you haven't heard anywhere at all, and by that I'm being very, very sarcastic, but the Steelers have never had a losing season under Mike Tomlin as their coach, and now they're going to be on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. They're going to get the Carolina Panthers in a few weeks, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Cleveland Browns. If they're able to take one of those two games against the Baltimore Ravens, you just never know there, and well, with the Colts, it's just a case where it was a poorly managed end of game situation. I think that Jeff Saturday was saying that his team wasn't necessarily much of a rush, which is why he didn't feel the need to take timeouts. It said, apparently he's going to try to cash in two timeouts at his make believe like timeout cash out place, which little does he know does not exist. So that was not necessarily so terrific. And for the Colts, their upcoming schedule is going to be on the road against the Cowboys on the road against the Minnesota Vikings, against the LA Chargers, at the Jets, or at the Giants, I should say, and also the Houston Texans. So it looks like it's going to be rough for them. And I do think that now we're getting into that time of year in the NFL where we have a little bit of separation between these teams that we know are playoff contenders, the teams that are for sure in, the teams that are for sure out, and the ones that are sort of in the middle. I do think the big key for handicapping the rest of the upcoming NFL season, a month plus, and then you obviously get into what is the most fun of all the action and is some of the hardest handicap, which is the NFL playoffs. But now you sort of have to try to figure out, okay, which of these teams that are most likely not going to be making the playoffs, these teams have been a little bit more sorry, which of them are still fighting hard, which of them are still giving you a good, honest effort, and which of them are you still able to make money on, which teams are just a completed utter fade. Like, I take a look at the Los Angeles Rams right now, and, well, man. Are they going to be able to have enough bodies for this week's game? That's a legitimate question right now for the LA Rams with the way that they trotted out their Mr. Perkins at quarterback. If you got Cooper Cup on injured reserve, 
I think that the towel boy is dealing with some sort of an influenza. Not so great on that front for them. Meanwhile, you got other teams that have been very scrappy. Other of these teams that they just week in and week out, they give you a good effort. Like, I mean, the record isn't the world's greatest straight up, but against the spread, the Atlanta Falcons have continued to be relatively solid for you. If they don't have that unfortunate situation within the 10-yard line on Sunday, they probably cash that ticket for you against the Washington Commanders. They've been able to do a solid job time and time again. And speaking of the Commanders, that's a playoff team that I still feel like has quite a bit of value. And when it comes down to a team that is really the absolute opposite, I just take a look at this Broncos team, and this could be your final buy spot on them going up against a Ravens team that I personally like. But with the Baltimore Ravens, man, do they need to close out for you? That's another thing. With VEASAN bets giving, if the Ravens don't give up that lead against the Raiders, I know that I'm going on a little bit of a rant right now. Hopefully some of you guys can relate to me and had the Ravens over the weekend. Third and 21. Man, that's all that you can say about that. And those are the sorts of things that do stick in your mind. And those are the sorts of things that they don't show up on the spreadsheet that you take a look at, the advanced analytics. But man, with the way that the Ravens have not been able to close out games, that does give you a little bit of trepidation as well. So we've got a lot of minutia to sift through. We've got a lot to unpack, and there's a lot to take forward to. And that sets the stage for our guests that are going to be joining me next. Ben, ben Brown, who does terrific work over there at Pro Football Focus, and Matt Landis. He does amazing work with the Props and Ops podcast. They're going to be joining me next. We're going to try to find some winners on this week's NFL card and just try to make sense of all these teams in the league and that is up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts.
if you dare. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. On VSN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSN Cyber Monday deal is on right now. Sign up to become a VSN Pro subscriber, and you will get a daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests like our daily betting splits that let you see where the money and the bets are moving for every single game. Deep dive on daily betting reports, plus our upcoming college bowl and Super Bowl guides and new VEASAN Pro annual subscribers get a $30 credit to the VEASAN store. The VEASAN store is a great place to shop for sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great deal. Hurry up, this is a limited time offer, so sign up for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Great to be joined by our two guests. We've got Ben Brown of Pro Football Focus and Matt Landis of the Props and Ops Podcast. And gentlemen, it is always great to have you aboard. And I will start with you on this one, Ben, because we saw a lot in the NFL this week. We have just seen a whole bunch of hoopla. And something that I want to get your take on, because we've seen a few quarterbacks step into situations that have success despite the fact that The surrounding numbers might not be the world's greatest. Obviously, taking a look at Taylor Heineke and over there at Pro Football Focus, it's something that you take a look at is just overall team performance when there is a certain guy that is slash is not in the lineup because I've been noticing this more and more in the NFL that there are some guys like I'm talking about with Heineke versus Carson Wentz where it just feels like the team responds to them a little bit better and it's hard to necessarily pin down some advanced analytics on it, but it feels like it's something that is just so fascinating and we're seeing it happen more and more this year. Yeah, I, I think, you know, we we kind of touched on this a little bit, uh, you know, last week in our segment, but I do think there is something specifically with, you know, the Washington Commanders, but outside of that, you know, there is... Uh, you know, certain quarterback situations where the team is obviously like buying into uh, a certain play over another one. And I do think that you see guys play hard or you see a coach, I would say, you know, have a pretty have a much longer leash and also have, I would say, an ability to kind of elevate his gameplay by calling the right plays in a lot of situations. So I think it's really hard to nail down from like, you know, an advanced stats type perspective for why, you know, Taylor Heineke has been so much better than Carson Wentz, for example. But there are a lot of situations around the league where, you know, I I think that whether it's chemistry with the wide receiver unit, whether it's, you know, some sort of situation with the offensive you know, coordinator and play caller, uh, there's very much something that we probably haven't quantified yet to the point where there is reasons why, you know, a guy like Taylor Heineke is going to be more successful, you know, than, 
then Carson Wentz for the Washington Commanders. And I think we're seeing that play out in kind of their win-loss record. They're against the spread record and everything else. But it, I haven't, I would say, uh, you know, uh, you know, put my thumb on exactly why that's happening. But, you know, it, it's very much been a question in my mind because I do think if you can kind of lock in, you know, why those sorts of situations seem to be, you know, not only playing out in the way that they do, but why they're playing out in the way that they do, uh, I think it could be, you know, I would say pretty profitable from a betting perspective as well. Yep, it is a fascination to me. And then we did see another quarterback change that happened over the weekend, and that obviously is involving the Jets. And the way that Mike White came out and looked very impressive, that was of note to me. And I want to get your thoughts on this, Matt. Just what do you make out of the New York Jets right now? Because with the Jets, this is without question one of the best defenses in the NFL. There's good surrounding pieces around Mike White. And I think that this is a case where you do ride the hot hand with Mike White. This isn't a situation where... With the Dallas Cowboys, yeah, you were winning a few games with Cooper Rush, but we all knew that Cooper Rush, clearly a downgrade. I just don't think that Mike White at this point is a downgrade to Zach Wilson, especially with how young Zach Wilson is and how much seasoning, in my opinion, he needs. Greg, I'm not sure if you'd be a downgrade from Zach Wilson right now. That's not giving Mike White the highest of praise, but I do have to agree with you in the sense that there's no way they're going to make another change after the beatdown the Jets put on the Bears this weekend. I also think you make a good point about the Jets' defense. When it comes to White himself moving forward, what gets interesting to me is how this could look as the AFC playoff picture clarifies. I just don't see him as the type of quarterback that can lead the Jets to a deep run. And I don't say that meaning to take anything away from the performance he gave us yesterday because I don't think anybody reasonably could have expected anything more from Mike White. That said, coming in against that beleaguered Bears defense with his team, kind of like you and Ben talked about with Taylor Heineke, the team really rallying around the quarterback change. I think that there's something to it that is tough to quantify analytically. I think it's real and we need to take note of it, but I'm also not sure that it lasts forever. So I think that in the short term, there's a lot of intrigue around the Jets, but I don't think that Mike White is suddenly going to be the guy that takes them over the top in a way that Zach Wilson probably was never going to. Yep, I do think that that's a good way to put it as well because I do think that with the Jets, they probably do get maybe a little bit of a bump with Mike White, but it's not like Mike White is going out there lighting the world on fire. He is not going to duplicate 300 yards, 22 of 28, I believe it was, that he was able to go in that game as well. So I do think that that's an important point, and I just want to get your thoughts overall on the AFC East as well because I'm just so fascinated by this conference, and I'll start with you on this one, Ben. Every one of these teams right now are looking like playoff teams. It's going to be a massive game between the Patriots and the Bills that is going to be coming up in prime time. And when it comes down to it, do you think that there's a chance that we could see all four teams in the playoffs? Because with the Jets making that switch, I think that's very important to them. And with the way that the Patriots have been just relatively solid in general, I do think that this is going to be a tough one against the Bills. But that said, I take a look at all these teams and I'm rather impressed by all four of them. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely something in the water out east, right? Both the NFC East and the AFC East have been much better than expected this year. I think at PFS perspective from, you know, power rankings metric and our simulation, we have the we have the Patriots getting in 32% of the time. We have the Jets getting in almost 60% of the time. And both the, the Bills and the Dolphins, I would say, are basically locked into the playoff race. So I do think there is, you know, definitely scenarios where all four teams get into the playoffs. The question is, of course, the New England Patriots, third most difficult remaining strength of schedule. Obviously, the Bills... You know, on Thursday night are going to be really difficult. No Damian Harris. I do still think, you know, the Patriots, 
you know, interior offensive line is going to be very, very, very much in a bad spot as well. But two really injured teams, I would say, facing off on Thursday. So who knows what's actually going to happen. But I do think that, you know, given the state of the rest of the AFC, it would not surprise me to see all four teams get in. The question is, is like kind of like you said, and Matt said, you know, uh, on this last uh, on the last segment a little bit, like the New York Jets, do they have the upside potential at the quarterback position to challenge a team like Buffalo in the playoff race? It, to a team like, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs as well. And I think you can kind of say the same thing. I know Mac Jones showed out a little bit on Thanksgiving against a really bad Viking secondary. But uh, I think when it's all said and done, like, are these two quarterbacks, I would say, kind of capable of winning road games in the playoffs? And I still think that is very much, you know, the question mark surrounding these two young teams that seem to be, I would say, you know, heading very much in the right direction, the AFC East. Yep, I do agree with you. I think that both of those teams are looking solid as well. And just met in terms of what you've been seeing in a lot of these, shall we say, more fringe playoff teams, because I would consider right now the Jets, they're a team that, if I were to guess, I think that they're going to be able to get in, but I'm not necessarily 100% sure of it. And if they do get in, I don't think that they'd be able to make a run. Is there maybe a team that they might be sitting there in sort of a wild card spot? They're a team that maybe they need to win to get in right now. They're a game or two back that you look at and you think, man, this team might have a little bit of steam if they do make the playoffs. Well, Greg, you asked me a similar question last week at the end of our first segment about the NFC, and I didn't have much of an answer for you. This week, I'm not going to have to go far, because if you talk about an AFC dark horse, my Chargers, if they can get their yes. act together and play some complete games, I feel like they're that team that nobody wants to face to the same extent that a Mac Jones or potential Mike White matchup would present. In fact, I have a good friend who is deeply embedded in the sports and sports betting content space this past weekend, who's a big Patriots fan. Straight up tell me that he knows they're not going anywhere this year. And even as a Pats fan, he wouldn't mind seeing the Chargers possibly sneak in and take New England's spot in the playoffs just for a lot of added rooting interest come January. And uh, I won't keep my fingers crossed too tight of any notion of February football for the Chargers this time around. But they are that team that if they can get it together, I mean, that that last minute drive yesterday, that two point conversion, I will give Joe Lombardi credit. I have criticized him plenty. I think a lot of it has been warranted. That was an awesome design on their two-point conversion when they had to have it to basically keep their season alive at Arizona. Now, don't ask me why they're always in dogfights with teams like Arizona when it seems like they could be blowing teams out if they didn't play to the level of the competition. But if the Chargers can get their act together, Joey Bosa probably not too far away from returning. Mike Williams, we saw a brief glimmer of what he could look like back in action on Sunday night against the Chiefs last week. In the next couple weeks, they probably get him back as well. If the Chargers can get back near full strength and really scheme around the top-tier talent they have on both sides of the ball, I'm not saying it's likely to happen, but I do think they're the type of team that could be more equipped to make a playoff run should they even get in against the likes of the Patriots and the Jets. And Matt, you are the one that typically harps on coaching, and I do feel like going for two in that situation, it was a good way to go about it, and obviously it worked out. They were able to get the job done. Out of all the coaching this week, would you say that what we saw in the final minute or two of the Colts game was the worst? Because I just take a look at that, and I have no idea what our good friend Jeff Saturday was doing with his timeouts. Yeah, I mean, Nathaniel Hackett was coaching on Sunday, so maybe some recency <laughs> bias giving it to Jeff Saturday, but it's just, you know, another week. We are 12 weeks into the season, only a few weeks for Saturday, so I'll give him that. Um, but with the likes of himself and Nathaniel Hackett, it's just been a weird season in so many ways. And I think in some ways, if you're looking at any Broncos or Colts games moving forward, you can't just look at the players on the field and the X's and O's. You have to give this a lot more weight than you probably would be inclined to for a lot of other teams with their coaching situation. 
I still wish that that Broncos versus Colts game from many years ago, just or from many weeks ago, just ended in a tie because neither team deserved to win that game. But we always deserve great information. Matt Landis and Ben Brown provide that. And coming next, we're going to be taking a look at the Week 13 NFL slate with them right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is presented by Nicotine Zen Nicotine Pouches, the surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Most nicotine pouches are either too complicated to use or they don't provide the satisfaction that you're looking for, but Zen Nicotine Pouches. They might surprise you because Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco leaf free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zinn online or for a finest store that is nearest you. That is at Zinn.com, Z-Y-N.com. I'm warning, this is a product that contains nicotine, and nicotine, it is an addictive chemical. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. Great to be rejoined by Matt Landis of the Props and Ops Podcast and Ben Brown of Pro Football Focus and Matt I know you like to take a look at teasers just whenever we, whenever you join me here weekly. And some weeks it's been a little bit more bare than others. And this is the week that a teasers player just absolutely loves. We've got a bunch of games that are sitting there sort of like eight, eight and a half, nine. So if you're a seven point teaser player, you've got some options in terms of that Cowboys versus Colts game as well. Take me through what you are taking a look at because there's just so many options on the board that you could tease. And I know you were joking with me off air. You told me that you could pretty much tease the entire board this week and it might be profitable. Yeah, half the board seems to be in that range. And I know it's been a bumpy ride with teasers this season, but I'm starting to think, especially after a great week 12 for teasers, for anybody who played some NBA jam back in the day, if you made <laughs> three shots in a row with the same player, he would be on fire. Well, after this past week's slate wrapped up with the Steelers coming through tonight, I kind of feel like the Wong teasers are heating up after being dormant for a good stretch of the season. And this could be the week that just puts them on fire and takes things over the top to help really win back a lot of that money that teaser betters, such as myself, gave to the books in the early goings of the season. And I'll just, you know, rattle off, geez, is it a half dozen teaser games right now? If we just look at that classic model teasing through three and seven, I mean, we could look at Baltimore hosting Denver. We'll see where the Steelers reopen at Atlanta, but they were in that range before they won tonight. The Giants hosting Washington, Seattle at the Rams, the Raiders hosting the Chargers, the Bengals hosting the Chiefs. I think that any of those games, I wouldn't object if you can cross through three and seven, laying no more than minus 120 in a two-team six-point teaser. But Greg, I'll give you the two that stand out to me the most right now. And that would make for a first leg of the Giants up to plus eight and a half hosting Washington. I know we talked about Heineke and the way he's been elevating the commanders over these last few weeks. But when I can get a teaser leg up through a touchdown in a game with a low total of 40 and a half like this one, that really magnifies the value of the points that we get in a teaser. And remember, the Giants also come into this one off extra rest, having played on Thanksgiving. And Brian Dable this season, I think very much by design, has tried to employ a low-variance offense. 
not asking Daniel Jones to do too much. And if Daniel Jones tries to carry the load, we can see a lot of picks or miscues that he became known for over his first few years in the league. But under Dable, in a game where they shouldn't be outclassed by too much, just sticking with that low-variance offense, I think, could work well for the Giants here. And low-variance is music to a teaser better's ears. And one more thing on Heineke. I think he deserves a lot of credit in ways that are tough to measure. But when it comes to what we tend to measure from an analytical standpoint, we spoke a couple weeks ago about a lot of late down fortune in Washington dealing the Eagles, their first loss of the season a couple Monday nights ago. Ben might have something handy, but I think Heineke has had a lot of turnover-worthy plays. If we look at, you know, on a per-snap basis, he might even have more than Carson Wentz. They just aren't converting into turnovers yet. So I think while Heineke has done a lot right for this team, some things are probably going to catch up with him before too long. And yesterday, for example, Washington was outgained by almost a full yard per play. So they won, but if they play the way they did against too many teams that are decent, and yes, the Giants are not as good as their record, but I think we can say they're decent, then that kind of result could catch up with Washington on the scoreboard as well. So I like the Giants to at least keep it close against Washington. And in the second leg, Go against my Chargers here. Take the Raiders up through a touchdown to plus seven and a half. I just really have to squint to see the Chargers winning by margin against anybody in the league these days. Two of the biggest ways to win by margin are to really increase big positives like explosive plays or limit the big negatives like sacks and turnovers. And when it comes to explosives and the positive side of things, the Chargers just continue not to deliver there. Yesterday for Justin Herbert, 35 completions, but only 274 yards. 7.8 yards per completion. And for context, Arizona, the team the Chargers beat yesterday, currently last in the league, averaging 8.2 yards per completed pass. So Herbert's numbers yesterday would have the Chargers clearly at the bottom of the league when we look at yardage gained per completion. And I think that shows when we see six more completions go for no gain to three yards and three completions for negative yardage on top of that. I mean, scoring drives of 14 plays, 11 plays. Those are too long when you don't have enough explosiveness. It's just tough to get a margin. So, yes, give the Chargers credit for efficiency. Winning the game yesterday, I don't think they're going to run away with this one. Herbert has taken nine sacks the last two weeks as well. And I know that PFF has done a lot of great work to show how sacks are becoming more of a quarterback stat. Herbert's got a bit of a left ankle injury. So I just think if he's a bit less than full strength, the Raiders could hang tough with the Chargers, just like the Giants could with Washington. Yep, those are both very interesting games. And Got to clear something up as well. I never played NBA Jam, but you also caught fire if you made three in a row. It involves ping pong balls and red solo cups. I played that one in college quite a bit. So that was the one that I was giving reference to as well. But with that said, getting back to the brass tacks, I do agree with you in terms of that Giants versus Commanders game. And I want to get your thoughts on this one, Ben, because when it comes to that game, I take a look at it and... I would be looking at the commanders in terms of a spread. I think that they can win that game by a field goal, but Matt just brought it up. This is a low variance game. This is a game with a very low total. And with the commanders, they've been getting the job done. They have really not been blowing out anyone. They've been winning a bunch of low score games. And I could see this being just a prototypical teaser game. And whichever way you want to tease it, you wind up getting home on it. Or if you want to take a very, very small number on the spread, I think that it's sort of that that classic field goal game. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Obviously the 48.5 total, obviously, you know, plays into the teaser perspective. I also think, you know, the concerns with the New York Giants specifically coming out of week 11 was the injury situation. It does seem like, you know, after 
you know, the week 12 performance, obviously really down performance. I do think they're going to get a lot of the guys back, especially in the secondary. So I think that's maybe a reason to, uh, you know, buy into the New York Giants a little bit here. But I would say this is kind of uh, maybe the most interesting schedule scheduling quirk that we're going to see coming up here over the next, uh, you know, three weeks with the Washington Commanders specifically, uh, you know, playing the New York Giants this week. Uh, having a buy and then playing the New York Giants again with the New York Giants actually having uh, the Philadelphia Eagles kind of squeezed into that matchup. So this is very much going to come down to what one of these two teams, I would say, make the playoffs. And I do think it's, you know, very, I would say, high variance from that perspective. And I do think for that reason, you know, maybe it's a game that could get, uh, you know, just a little bit out of hand in one way or the other, especially with these two teams facing off in, you know, two weeks time frame as well. So I'm I'm, I'm leaning in the commander's direction, but uh, this is a weird, I would say, handicapping perspective just because of the fact that we haven't really seen this sort of setup uh, previously from an NFL game with two teams so close to, you know, being contenders, I would say, kind of for that final NFC playoff pitcher, uh, playoff, you know, spot that we're going to have here coming up at the end of the season. And there are so many games of fascination on the board because even though both of these teams are most likely not going to be making the playoffs, who starts at quarterback on either side in terms of Packers versus the Bears is certainly one that's able to be taken a look at. There are two games I think are good contenders for games a week, Chiefs versus Bengals, and then you've got the Dolphins versus 49ers, and I land on that game, this Dolphins versus 49ers game, and I'll go back to you on this one, Ben. What do you make out of this game? And right now we're seeing the 49ers as three-and-a-half-point favorites. I just take a look at it. Tua, in every game that you start and finish, the team has been able to win every one of them. Granted, a lot of them have been at home, but with the 49ers banged up, having a lot of question marks, I feel like this is a number that we could see if there's bad news come out on the 49ers drop down to a three or below. And I think that right now getting the three and a half that we're seeing right now is very good value. Yeah, I don't think it's going to move in the opposite direction for the Miami Dolphins. I think it opened up at four and a half down to three yep. and a half. Now, the the question kind of like you said is, are we going to test three or not? The one concern I would say from the Dolphins perspective, no Teron Armstead in this matchup, how they handled Nick Bosa, I do think is very much going to have to be schematic and dependent on Mike McDaniels. And I think if he can kind of elevate, you know, and win that particular match, at least enough times to get to a, uh, you know, in his regular cadence and being able to read the football field, I think that's the spot where the Miami Dolphins are really going to explore. Uh, a very banged up still 49ers secondary situation. So I'm with you. I think plus three and a half is definitely the only side to play right now from the Miami Dolphins perspective. I very much kind of want to buy into them in the second half of the season because I do think that, you know, for all the for all the, 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 the times that we've talked about passing and everything else being down the Miami Dolphins, Looking at them, I do still think they are one of, if not the best passing offenses in football. And that's a spot that I definitely want to buy into, especially as we get into this December timeframe of the football and needing to kind of lock up, you know, various spots of, you know, where they're going to fit into the playoff picture. So I like the Miami Dolphins here quite a bit. I do think the injury situation uh, can't really get any worse from their perspective. So it's really a good question of, you know, how bad does it actually get for San Francisco? Given the pending injury situation, especially what they have offensively, uh, I definitely think the Miami Dolphins uh, are probably one of my favorite bets right now, given the current price. And lots of familiarity on both sides in that one. And we're familiar with you two gentlemen, Matt. You do a great job with the Props and Ops podcast. Ben, likewise, over there at Pro Football Focus. Always appreciate your time. Thank you.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. Calling all soccer fans to lace up your cleats with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook with. World Cup in full swing. Now is the time to check out Bet Rivers because when you log into Bet Rivers every single match day, you will get a $10 free bet when you place a wager of at least $25. Bet Rivers has the latest odds, lines, and boosts to be able to create a perfect match day experience. Head on over to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today to get on on the action as it's a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Always great to have Ben Brown and Matt Landis aboard. Matt over there at the Props and Ops podcast. Ben over at Pro Football Focus. Great to be able to get their perspective. Take a look at what we're all getting in the NFL. Turn it forward to week 13 as well. And we're going to be hitting a little bit more NFL. More towards our number three with Tanner Kern. Got to hit some college basketball here though. As we've got a solid card that is going to be going down on Tuesday. We've got 30 games in total. And the ACC Big Ten Challenge. It has started up and... ACC came out 2-0 on Monday, so 
Big Ten, they were able to get some good results in terms of a lot of those multi-team events that we were seeing this past weekend. They really did not have great results on Monday with Minnesota. If you had Minnesota, be extra kind to the charity of your choice because they should not have covered it. They did. And then you had Pittsburgh just completely blow the doors off of Northwestern, who lost by a count of 87 to 58. Give up 87 points to Pittsburgh. That is not too terrific. But we're going to try to look to see if this team is able to be a little bit more terrific as not a shock here. Money is coming in against them. 603, 604 on the board. Maryland is on the road against Louisville. Louisville opened up a 12-point underdog. At DraftKings, I'm currently seeing a 12.5, and, and that's about the lowest number I'm seeing here at Circa. You're finding Maryland as high as a 13.5-point road favorite. Tallinn's game is 135.5. We're going to need to get the crack research staff, and by that I mean myself in on this one to see when's the last time Louisville's been a 13-plus home underdog. I mean, this is just absolutely insane. And... For Louisville, it's not been going great this season for them as they currently are turning the ball over 17 and a half times per game. And the reason why is because you have L. Ellis, who's out there in the backcourt doing a solid job, giving the team double figures. He's been able to shoot a respectable mark from three-point range. And then you have L. Ellis in the backcourt, and that's about it. It's not so good. Now, what I will say about Maryland is that they have been able to have Julian Reese do a good job down low. He's been able to give the team right around seven, eight rebounds per game. So has been rock solid on that front. And I do think that that is very interesting to take a look at with him because he is sort of helping out Dante Scott, who's a little bit more versatile, a guy that's able to pop some threes. And I do have your answer. Last time Louisville was an underdog of at least 13 points at home. Never. As far as the database that I use goes, they have never been a 13-point home underdog. So there is the answer on that because I felt like it's like, man, I don't think that this has ever happened before, and it really hasn't. But that said, with this Maryland team, they've been able to do a rock-solid job, and they've really been efficient on offense despite not hitting a lot of threes. For Maryland, they're shooting about 31% from three-point range, and yet they rank in the top 35 in all of college basketball in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis because they're not doing anything stupid with the ball. They're turning the ball over 11 and a half times per contest. That is always a big thing with Kevin Bullard, even when he was back over there at Seton Hall. His teams would not necessarily be to themselves, and so far, so good. The backcourt of Hakeem Hart and Jameer Young, these guys have been able to fire on all cylinders. They're sort of Swiss Army knife guys, combining for about 28 points, 10 boards, 5 assists. I do like what they're able to bring to the table. The one concern that I do have with Maryland, though, is that they don't necessarily have too much of a bench. They need someone like a Noah Bachelor, a top 150 recruit, to be able to give this team a little bit of something, perhaps like an Ike Cornish, guys of that nature, to be able to help out just a tad because you've got this really good starting five, and then from there, have a little bit of a fall off. They're sort of in like a six-half, seven-man rotation sort of ordeal. And for Louisville, I think they're going to be able to hold up on the glass. You do have someone in Jalen Weathers who's been able to give you right around Six and a half rebounds per game this season. Actually, more like five and a half rebounds per game. The guy that's giving you closer to six is Brendan Huntley Hetfield, and he's able to pop threes and for his own good and for the good of the team, he should probably not be shooting threes because he's not very good at it at all. This is a Louisville team that in general, they really don't have a lot of outside shooting whatsoever because once again, you've got L. Ellis. That's about it. He's averaging three and a half assists per game, Mr. Ellis is, and that's nearly 50% of the team's assists. It's really not good. You need to be able to have someone like a Mike James be able to step up, but I 
just take a look at this spot, and I think that we've went a little bit too far with this line. I am the schmuck that is going to dive in on this Louisville team, and I've faded them in every game this year. Louisville has played six games. I've bet against them in all six of them. All six have been covers by a very, very comfortable margin. This is, I think, the buy point with them. This is where the market has caught up a tad. I set Louisville as a 9.5-point underdog. I was willing to take double digits with them at home. I'm going to be in on them. It's a gross, grody play. I'm probably going to feel like a moron after making this play, but I'm going to take double digits with Louisville at home. It's just never happened where they've been this big of an underdog at home. And they're going against the Maryland team that they don't necessarily shoot lights out from three-point range. They don't have a ton of size. I think that this is a spot where Louisville is able to give a respectable effort. Don't sprinkle on the money line. They are not winning this game. Getting double digits, I think, is relatively good value, though. So I'm going to be taking a look there. And when it comes to this total, sort of goes into what I've been alluding to in terms of guard play. It's not too great. Maryland, a little bit of a slower team as well. And that plays into this as well. Because with Maryland, they are one of your bottom 100, 125-ish teams in terms of total possessions per game. So they are not going to be a bunch that's really going to be winning by massive, massive margins. So... I set my total at 132. I'm diving under, and I'm going to be willing to take the points with Louisville as said and as grody as it is. How about if we take a look at another game from the ACC Big Ten Challenge? This is 607-608. Clemson is at home against Penn State. Penn State is a one-point underdog. Your total on this game is between 134 and 134.5. I set Penn State as a little bit of a favorite, sort of the opposite of what I was talking about in the previous game between Louisville and Maryland in that Penn State is going to be outgunned down low, but they've got the better backcourt. And with Penn State, the reason why they win this game is that they've got, in my opinion, one of the most versatile players in all of college basketball, and that would be Jalen Pickett. And boy, is he picking his spots. 15 points, 6.5 boards, 7.5 assists. He had a triple-double in the team's game against Butler. This guy's doing it all, shooting 40% from three-point range. As a matter of fact, for Penn State, each of their top five scores. They all attempt at least 2.93s per game. They're all shooting at least 38.5% from three-point range. You bring in Cameron Winter and the Funk and Andrew Funk. Both of these guys were playing in the state of Pennsylvania for mid-major schools. Winter over there at Drexel. Andrew Funk for the Bracket Bus and Bucknell Bison. They've been able to combine for a little bit over 20 points per contest. They combine for four assists. They don't beat themselves because they don't turn the ball over. For Penn State, 9.7 turnovers per game. Micah Shrewsbury has done an amazing job of coaching up this offense. Now, down low, you're relying upon someone in Kiba Njai. He was a three-and-a-half, four-ish star recruit. He's able to give you a few rebounds. You need a little bit more out of he and Caleb Dorsey. As P.J. Hall has been dealing with a little bit of an injury for Clemson to begin the season, which is why his numbers are down. Eight-and-a-half points, 2.7 rebounds per game. But Clemson still going to have the firepower down low. With Clemson, they've done a nice job of mixing and matching. And Hunter Tyson has really been nice as a six foot seven, six foot eight, little bit of a, shall we say, stretch forward, 12 and a half points, eight and a half boards, shooting 40% from three. Penn State, a team that overall, they're shooting nearly 43% from three. We're going to see regression there. We're also going to see regression with Chase Hunter as well. Chase Hunter this season is shooting 60% from three point range. And I like Chase Hunter, 16 and a half points, five and a half assists. This is not a knock on him, but you're not going to be able to continue to shoot 60% all season long. Alex Hemingway, he's been able to do a nice job as well. He's shooting 44% from three. We're probably going to see a little bit of slide there. You've got two of the slowest teams at all of college basketball that are going at it. You've got Clemson, who I think is going to be able to do a rock-solid job down low, but I think that they're 
a little bit more, shall we say, volatile. And I think that Penn State does a thin bit of a better job being able to hold on to the ball. And Penn State, they're able to come up with just a little bit more defense. And I think that that is going to be the difference in this game. As a result, I did set Penn State as a one-and-a-half point favorite. Penn State has already been a little bit battle-tested going up against Virginia Tech and the likes of that. Clemson, they didn't pull out the game against Iowa. They were able to show good fight late, but a lot of that came in, shall we say, when the game was more of like a double-figure differential for this Clemson team. So do have a few concerns there. So I'm going to be willing to dive in on Penn State on the money line. Did set my total at 127.5. Two very, very slow teams and two teams that are, in my opinion, doing for some three-point shooting regression. So I'm going to be taking a look at this total under as well. And that's something that I've got to hit up upon in hour number two. It's something that I'm going to be talking about on my college basketball podcast, gauging these teams that have gotten off to just complete sizzlers of starts from three-point range. So that is something that is on tap for you guys. It's something else that is on tap. This hour's pro tip, vcin.com slash subscribe for all these. You guys heard me in segment number one, sort of on my little bit of a rant with regards to bets giving. And something that is very important is do not let, maybe not maximizing upon a bet, just jade you and cause you to go on tilt. Like if you could have taken the money line on an underdog that won and instead you took the points. Don't make that be something to where you need to feel like you make up for it slash take a whole bunch of risk. Keep things within control. And we're going to try to keep things within control with my DKNH pick on the hardwood next here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.